0: if you want to be covered every day, every day and every hour. Matthew 24, 9 through 13, we will read. When you have it, say amen. amen. All right, all right. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you. And you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. When I was a child back in the 70s, I can remember on Friday nights, right before the sun would go down, I, I should say, at sunset, my mother would sit down, we would sit on the front porch on Lexington Street, and she would open up the Bible, and she would read to me Matthew, the 24th chapter, and she would say, David, if I'm dead or gone, I just want you to be strong and Hold on to God's hand and endure until the end, because it won't be long. God sees us, and he won't put on us more than we can bear. So she would read these texts to me over and over again of God's soon coming and of the end of the world. And as I began to get older and I went to Oakwood College and was a theology major there, E.E. Cleveland was one of my, my teachers we would sit and talk about the time to come. That there was going to be a time to come that even the antediluvians and the Sodom and Gomorrah, would, the people of that time would look and veil their head in embarrassment for the sins of the last day people. Yes. And we would sit there in class and eat. Dr. Cleveland would talk about these days to come and be ready. Don't give up. Don't give up. Though the heavens seem to fall, though it seems that all is against you, he that shall endure unto the end, the same will be saved. Don't give up. And the setting is clear. We look here at this verse and what was happening at this time. It was Jesus the Christ sitting on the Mount of Olives, looking over the city of Jerusalem. In his omniscience, his all-knowingness, he knew what was going to happen. There was a twofold prophecy here. For the disciples came to him and said, "Lord, check it out. This is an
1: impressive city.
0: Look, look at all these buildings. I tell you, Lord, this is something else. What do you, what do you think about this city?" And Jesus is sitting there and he starts to weep because. In the finite knowledge of the disciples, they can only see what is before them. Like we can only see what is before us. My great-grandmother used to say, God looks further than that rock we're pecking, huh? We see things this way, but God sees things in an aerial view, you see? So it's all right if we want to cast our cares upon him, because he knows the ends from the beginning. And so as the disciples are here bragging about man's creation, Jesus starts to weep and he starts to look at Jerusalem and, and in his omniscience, his all-knowingness. He says a prophecy that is a twofold prophecy, a prophecy that would happen about 40 years from that time when Titus, the Roman general, would set siege upon the city of Jerusalem and Jerusalem would fall. And before it fell, blood ran crimson. Titus waited until the Israelites inside starved to death. Women ate their children. Men ate their sandals. Blood ran in crimson. Before Titus and his Roman soldiers came in, the carnage was already there. They didn't have many to kill before they took the city. But those who listened to Christ's prophecy, and they traveled to a little town in Palos, They were spared from the siege because they listened. They took heed and they listened. So that was one part of this prophecy. And the other part was in the days to come, the days we live now, the last days of earth's history. So Christ is sitting there talking. And he's telling them, he's telling them that one day you'll be delivered up and you'll be killed because you love me. You'll be hated because you love me. This will happen one day. And those very disciples understood that with their own blood as they stood up for Christ and were mortared for the word of God. So he's sitting there as he's telling this prophecy about the time that come. But but. I I look at this, and I look at verse 12 that sticks out in my mind, and it says, and because lawlessness, lawlessness rather, will abound, the love of many will grow
1: cold.
0: Love, love. This powerful yet small word that it's, it's so, it packs a punch. What is this word? We hear this word and and in, in, in John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. You mothers, when you know what it must feel like to those of you who suffered the loss of your child, this is what God suffered. And when Christ was in the garden of Gethsemane, the biggest pain he suffered was being separated from his father. That love, that omnibenevolence, that all lovingness, love. God gives us love. There are three types of love, yeah, three types. There's the Eros love, that romantic type of love, for we need all three. We need all three, but each three serves a purpose. For we have Eros love, that love that's romantic love, that love, yet it can be very selfish because it's that love on how it makes you feel. Oh, she just looks so good, (laughs) I love me some her. She just makes me feel so good. Look how beautiful she is. I just feel warm and fuzzy when I get around him. Oh, I just love him. So that this type of love is that, 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 that puppy love, that type of love. But, but, it, but at some point it can be real because it's that love, that romantic love between a man and a woman. But it is still predicated on how that person makes you feel. Mm. It's love but we have to aspire to go a little higher. We can't just stay there. We need it, but we just can't stay there. So then we climb up the ladder to the next form of our trio of loves, and that is phylos. Phylos means love. Adelphos means brotherly, hence Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. This love is predicated on a give and a take. We see it every day on, on the workplace. I hook you up, you hook me up. I do this for you, you do this for me. America's foundation was built on this capitalism. You do this, I do this. You do this, I do this. And and, and it is the type of love that, that wants to know that I'm giving as much as I receive from you. I don't want to cheat you. This is at its best. Phylos love at its best. I want to make sure that when you gave, hey, you gave me this, man, let me give you. To make sure it's even at its best. A give and a take. Phylos love. Phylos. But yet, something is still missing. It is not where we want to settle. For remember, we need all three. But as we climb the ladder, there's that love. That agape love. Oh, this is the love that God wants us to have for each other. For this is the love that God has for us. How could he give his only son? In his omniscience, he knows who's going to accept him and who's not. But yet if it was just one, he would have said, son, go down anyway. That love, that unconditional love, that love that gives and expects nothing in return. This is the love that God wants us to have for each other. This agape love. This agape love. We look at current events. And when we look at our news, we read the paper, we say, Lord, 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 what's happening in our times? There was a 14-year-old girl in Germany being raped in broad daylight on a boulevard, people stood by and took pictures. And when the girl tried to get away, they some of them grabbed her and threw her back to the rapist. Finally, before she had been raped over and over again, somebody decided, well, maybe we'll contact a police officer. But for 30-some-odd minutes, this young girl, somebody's child, Moreover, a child of the living God was being raped in broad daylight. Where is love? Where is love? Then we have a woman on the Brooklyn Bridge. I remember reading this, and a man had gotten a pipe out, and he was just beating her to death, hitting her all in the head. Car stopped on the bridge just to watch, as she was being beaten. Nobody tried to help her. Yet again, somebody's daughter. Moreover, a child of the living God. And since no one was trying to help her, her zest for life to try to get away, she crawled up the the, the wall there of the bridge, of the wall there that oversaw the the, the ocean there. And he kept hitting her, kept hitting her. Nobody would help her. And then she jumped. And she met her death. Then somebody called the cop. You see, in our Adventist world, we don't really understand these things. We may hear it, and we may, oh, that's sad, but yet we still do our same thing. We punch the clock, come to church, get our hallelujahs and our amens, and then we are going back home. But there are people out there that need to know the love of God, and you know it, and you won't share it. But you're going to answer for that one day. On come Judgment Day, when God asks you, you can't lie to God. What did you do with the knowledge he gave you? Did you just sit there and hide it under a bushel? or did you go out and spread his love? These things are happening every day in our world. They're there, there as a former officer, I tell you, God has brought me through many, many things. And I asked myself, Lord, why, why did you allow me to be an officer, an officer, probation officer? I said, when I, I love you and, and is that the environment you want me in? Well, when I went there, I remember I would walk down the, the hallway to do the room checks, and we had to do 15-minute room checks to make sure that they were still alive, and as I would go down to the room checks, I would be humming, singing, and at some of the most hardened uh, young men that were locked up would say, Mr. Johnson, I need to talk to you. I said, all right, can you open your door the, the, the cell, please? I said, yeah, what's up? What's wrong with you? I said, What's wrong with me? Man, you different. You don't curse. You always singing them funny songs. What's wrong with you? I said, I know Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they would just look. at. I'm watching you, Mr. Johnson. I'm watching you. I said, all right. And every day, they would just watch me and watch me. And I would intervene, when, I, much to my chagrin, when I found other coworkers doing dirty things to these young men because they're still, child, they still children of God. And, and because it was somebody like us that did not show them or tell them the love of God, they went on a path that maybe that wasn't meant for them. But by us sitting here and not sharing what we know of Jesus, somebody, somebody could be dead because we didn't stand up and make a difference. So somebody said well I hear you sing Mr. Johnson I said yeah so the religious volunteers would come in and ask me to sing so I started singing then some of the the the, the inmates the minors would say Mr. Johnson can you teach us some songs so me being a former youth director in Laguna Niguel SDA Church I went and got the the, the the song books and we had a choir on the unit and oh they sound well sometimes they invent notes but I said praise the Lord anyhow <laughs> Walk down the hallway, I remember, and I'd hear some vicious noise. <laughs> I love the Lord. He has, Mr. Johnson, how'd that song go again? <laughs> but I said, you know, praise the Lord that they singing for the Lord, that they can be doing some other things. <laughs> then I noticed, as they started to see that this is a different man, then they started to talk to me. You know, Mr. Johnson, I didn't have no father growing up. I said, well, let me shake your hand because I didn't either. I said, really, what do fathers do anyway? So we just started. What, what, what? So he said, Mr. Johnson, I you know my birthday is, is coming up. I said, all right. And you know, you know, you 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 always talking about the Lord, and it's just something different. You don't be cursing or nothing. And I, I there's something different about you. I said, thank you, Lord. It's something different. But you know, Mr. Johnson, the best birthday present I ever got was my father, who was locked up. And I just met him for the first time, and he came out. And he says, son, it's your birthday. Here you go. And then the young man started to cry as he told me his father showed him love. I said, well, what did he give you? He gave me a 40 ounce. And he said, here you go, son. And, and Mr. Johnson, I ain't never had no love like that before. And I thought, and I thought something's wrong here. We got to get out and tell these young people about the love of God, that God loves them. So I told him, I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, well, what would you want? You something for your birthday? You, you talking? You give me something? You officer? You I said, officer is my job, but I'm a child of God first. What would you want? Oh, oh, Okay, okay. Um, you know them subways you bring in? Man, them sandwiches be looking good, man. Oh, if you could bring me one of them kind of. Oh, you got that funny meat on there? I said it's vegetarian. Yeah, that's that funny meat, but but. I, I'm tired of eating these old beans and stuff, Mr. Johnson. If you could bring me one of them, man. Shoot, I had your back, man, when these people be talking about because you know they be talking about you, Mr. Johnson. I said, <laughs> I know, I know. So the next day came, and I couldn't just give it to them because then everybody would start seeing that. So there's a whole different world inside of there. You got to, you know, it's a world within the world, and me growing up in the church, I didn't know that world. So they would teach me because if they respect you, and they know that you're trying to be be about what you say, they'll start showing you love, and they'll start helping you out when your coworkers and stupid (laughs) I'm sorry, supervisors, (laughs) that just (laughs) always (laughs) slips all the time. I don't know what is wrong with me. When they try to come at you. And so I brought them. So I said, ah, man, I said, come here, young man, look. I'm going to ask some questions, because I would always test them. I'd test them on the Bible characters. They love the stories that we take for granted. Don't let me go and tell them about Daniel and the lions. They, <gasps> oh, hold oh, no, on, Mr. Johnson, let me, let, me, let me go clean my room first. Don't say nothing yet. Don't say, they lose, their mind. I tell them about David and Goliath. Oh, did that really happen, Mr. Johnson? I Man, you lying, Mr. Johnson, they ain't really happy. He ain't really take no, pe- like, killed a, a giant like that. You lying, Mr. Johnson. They thought these stories that we take for granted, they thought the world of these stories. And I said, Lord, now I see why you got me here. To share what my mother, my great-grandmother, and my aunt instilled into me It's just not relocated to the walls of this church. You got to go out and spread it. You can't be up here talking the talk because people are watching you. You better walk that walk. So I go to the young man and I say, uh, now I'm going to ask you a question. I'm going to say, these are state jokes. You got to be good at geography. I'm gonna say, Mr. John, why don't you just give me, it's my birthday. Why don't you just I say hey, hey, man, you know I got some haters on me, man. I'ma say, what did Tennessee? And you gonna wait, let a couple of hands go up, and I'm gonna, and everybody gonna get it wrong. I know that. Then I'm gonna look at you, I'm gonna say, all right, and then you say the same thing, Arkansas. And then we'll say, Oh my, that was so good. And then I'll give you the sandwich. <laughs> right on, Mr. Johnson, you cool. That's, ri- that's it, that's it, that's it. That's it. Get up. Everybody, all right, Mr. Jones, you're going to ask us another question. But see, I noticed I had coworkers that would start every time. I'd love to come to work, and I'd love to come to work to see the young men. I loved that they were so funny. All the talent could sing, could rap, could write. All they needed was somebody to say, I love you. All they needed to say was somebody to say, you are somebody. Keep on keeping on. Let me help you with that. Let me show you the. Way. That's all they need. And they could do great things. I've seen it myself. So I saw these things and I tried to be a, make a difference. And my coworkers didn't like it. My supervisors didn't like it. So while I'm as soon as I walk in, I'd see them congregating on the desk, talking. We' supposed to give a shift exchange. Let me know how the shift went. So they're all talking and laughing, and then there's certain certain minors that would be... Inmates, that would we'll be just kind of cleaning, but they listen to everything. And why they, I walk through, as soon as I walk through, everybody's laughing. <laughs> as soon as I walk through, come Johnson. I had to go through this. But didn't it word so you'll be offended for my sake? All will hate you. But if I didn't know these things, I would have let that get to me. That I would have been so depressed and so down, but I knew about the love of God. I knew about as a little boy these verses that you gotta hold on when you're going through. It's not when, it's not if, it's when you go through. You gotta hold on to those verses. Yes, Jesus loves me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. These verses, one day you're gonna need them. One day you're gonna need them. Don't just keep it to yourself. You better show somebody. You better tell somebody. When you're going through, this is who you go to to solve your problems. You don't get that gun like many of my coworkers did. Many of them that did me dirty, I had to sing at their funerals because they would ridicule me for loving God, ridicule me because I didn't curse, ridicule me because I stood up and didn't write lying reports on the inmates. I stood up for what was right, and I paid for it with my job walk there and they're sitting there laughing talking. Then I come, I say, hey, how y'all doing? Doing all right. I say, excuse me, you're supposed to give me the shift exchange. Oh, everything went good. And there would be inmates acting up, getting ready to go off, doing whatever, whatever, and they wanted to put that on me by not telling me what went on. And so when they would leave, and then, because I treated them, showed them love, because I was fair, I didn't let them r- do their own thing. No, no. They knew I was fair so when I had to get at them, they knew Mr. Johnson is fair. They would say, "Uh, John, can I talk to you?" I said, "So I knew, it. You got to know the the culture in there." So I said, "You can't say what what you want to talk. No, because other people are watching. You just got to say, keep your head down. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit later." All oh, right on, right on. "Can I have your plate for uh, for lunch?" <laughs> you know, everything had to be you had to give, give and take. I said, "Sure, it depends on and I didn't look up because I knew cause people to watching. I said, it depends on what you have to tell me. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, uh, you missed a spot right over there. And so I go on. Then later on, Mr. Johnson, they, they don't like you. They trying to get you. I said, what? They trying to get you, Mr. Johnson. And they, 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 they want to try to get you fired. And that's because they think that you, every time on your shifts, we don't have a pepper spraying. We don't have nothing. And we all excited to see you. And then we talk about, oh, well, Mr. Johnson taught us this. And then your word game. They don't like the fact that we, we want to start reading now. And w- our grades are getting better because your word, g- Mr. Johnson, they don't like you. Watch your back, Mr. Johnson. But you said I can have your plate, right? I said, uh-huh, uh-huh. And it was them that helped me. So when my supervisor decided, one of the supervisors decided he was going to get me, he took an MA out who he knew I was close to. And he had me handcuff him. Had me handcuff him. He didn't do anything wrong. Didn't do anything wrong. Incidentally, it was that day in Hurricane Katrina in New Orleans when they kicked that. The police beat that man. It was that same day. And they they tried to set me up. They wanted me. I didn't do anything wrong. It's because when they said, Mr. John, uh, Johnson, we gonna go and get this guy, and we going and I said, Nah, no, nah, man, not while I'm here. So what they used to would do. Hey Johnson, can you go to the laundromat and get us some? Johnson, can we we got we we got some documents up at the North office, can you? And when I would come back, the young man is is bloodied up. And I, and I what happened to you? And I thought, I, I come from a church atmosphere. I didn't know understand this kind of life. And I thought, what's wrong with you? And then I'm looking at my coworkers and they're looking at me. And I thought, What is going on here? And when the reports would go out, I would tell the truth. And they say, Johnson. You ain't you ain't no ball player, are you? You ain't playing ball with us, are you? One day I walk out and my tires are slashed in the parking lot. Then I go to the watch commander and tell the watch commander my tires are slashed, and I know who did it. These are these are some of my co-workers and so on. And, well, Mr. J- Johnson, we'll we'll find the, the video footage and, and we'll get around to it. And we have everything, and all of a sudden the video footage was was gone. And I said, Lord, what do I do? Every time I came in, one inmate after the Miss John, they don't like you. They don't like you. Now, imagine working in that environment for almost 10 years. And the only way, many of those who ridiculed me when they went through, because they didn't know the Lord, they would call me church boy behind my back. They committed suicide. When their problems came, they didn't know who to give their problems to. They committed suicide. And I was asked to sing at their funeral the same ones that maybe even cut my tires. But just because they didn't have love doesn't mean I don't have to. I I keep the love to myself. God said love anyway. Love those who hate you, right? And when I go back to the text, I understood, but if I didn't understand it, I would have gotten mad. I would have retaliated. I would have done all kinds of things. But as a child growing up, you study the word of God you being instilled the word of God to know. it it said, I was going to be hated for loving the Lord. And I asked, Lord, give me strength. For it did say, he that shall endure unto the end, that same will be saved. So when I went through every day, when I was going through, going, locking, unlocking that door, walking on this unit, I would say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not want. I seen many things of evidences that where is this love? Where is the love in our in in our environment when we see every day a young kid? I remember I was sitting in the the cafeteria with my unit, and other units would come in, and some of the units of the little boys would come in. Little boys, little boys, real cute little boys. One being about seven years old, cute little boy. He's sitting there, you know, and I said, "Look at him! I wonder what he is up in here for." And I went over there, hey, little fella, how you doing? I'm doing fine. I said, what you doing in here? I was bad.
1: Oh, look at you. Uh. I'm going to come
0: over to your unit and talk to you, okay?
1: Okay.
0: And I said, uh, So I looked at the staff that was with them. They were <laughs> That's how I, Like they were chewing on a lemon, you know what I'm saying? And so, <laughs> so I was <laughs> right. So then my unit went, then I told my my, my, my my coworker, I'm gonna go over to unit seven, talk to the young people. Cause I used to like to tell them s- Bible stories. Cause I knew they didn't know. Trying to do what the Lord asked us to do, right? I'm trying to do my part. Are you doing yours? So I went over there, I said, little man, first before I tell you the story of of, 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 of Daniel and the lion's den, what are you in here for? I was bad. I said, "Oh, let me let me go get your file, okay. And I usually try not to read the files, you know, because then you start to judge them, you know. <laughs> so I got the file. I said, oh, I opened it up. I said, hold on, I'm going to read Daniel and Elias him, Let me read your file. I said, mm, okay. <laughs> and he looked. And I said, you you did that? Your grandmother, you? I said, oh, cutest little boy. He asked his mother, his grandmother, who was asleep, Grandma, can I have some money? Because I want to go with my friends to the store. And she said, Grandma ain't got no money right now. Grandma trying to sleep, baby. Goes again, Grandma, can I have some money? I need some money, Grandma. I want to go with my friends. Seven years old now. Baby, Grandma's trying to sleep. Goes in, gets a chest, gets a hammer. Beats his grandmother's brains in. Seven years old. Seven years old! Then they called me over to Unit 2 and 3, where the murder unit was. and I have friends over there. Whenever we get these big cases, hey, Johnson, come over here and see the guy. So there was a big case. 15-year-old stabs his uncle 33 times. Johnson, come on over. So I told him I wanted to go over there. Because growing up, remember growing up in the church, we didn't get exposed to this kind of stuff. In our Adventist lives, this just doesn't, we see it, but really, it's really inconvenient for us to be around that kind of stuff so we don't even stretch ourselves that far to be inconvenienced by these real-life occurrences. So we stay in our little cubby holes, right? Not knowing There are people out there that need to know the word of God. They need to know they're about to die, kill themselves physically and spiritually. They need a word to say, I love you. Moreover, God loves you. They need that. Yet we want to drive our nice cars, work our nice jobs, live in our beautiful homes, sing to the highest hallelujahs at the church house. Go and mingle with other church people after Sabbath and just do the church thing. And every Sabbath is the same way. But yet many times we may be passing by on the route to go gossiping at somebody's house on Sabbath. Somebody's walking that needs to know that somebody loves them. That God loves them. Y'all better wake up. Judgment Day, we will be asked, what did we do with the knowledge that God gave us? And what report will we give them? Yes. Yes. This thing is real. This thing is real. I walked over to the unit, and and I went, and the the windows over there are really big, because they want to see what these guys are doing. And I went, and there he was, sitting on his bunk. He was 15 years old, and seemed like a normal kid. That's what was so horrifying about it. Very normal looking. But the enemy can get into all of us, no matter how cute or handsome or pretty we are. The enemy is ugly. Man looketh on the outside appearance, but God looks at that heart. You can never judge on the outside. Huh? It's what's inside that counts. And I kept looking at him, and he looks normal. And I looked at the file just the day before was stabbing his uncle 33 times so he looked up when i was looking at him he looked up and, and i just kind of went back a little bit oh, excuse me sir can i go to the restroom because on those units the restroom is not in their rooms i think like i got a, a witness up here and so as i open up the door they know when they come out they sit down put on their shoes and i let them know to stand up they turn around with their hands behind their back and i was watching them i said just Yesterday, he took a steak knife and stabbed his uncle 33 times. I said, Lord, what world do we live in? This is your child. Did anybody tell him about the love of God? Did anybody try to make a difference in his life that it would have made a detour in what he eventually did? And it still wasn't late. God's love, I tell you, it's not too late. And that's what's so beautiful about it. We can go as far as we think that if we were God, we'd say, that's it. But God's love can grab out and pull you back through. So don't give up. Don't give up. You keep praying for those kids. You keep praying for those family members. God is out. You just never know. They may be the difference. And through them, millions may be brought to the Lord. You can never give up. And so as he was walking back to his 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 cell. I. It's a young man. He turned around. Yes, sir. I looked at him. I thought he's the same age at that time as my my sons. I said, Why did you do it? Then he starts to cry. And when he cried, I saw this just a boy. He don't understand the spiritual aspects of what's going on. This great controversy between God and Satan. Satan is trying to get as many to burn with him. Innocent young people that don't know. Again, we better tell them so they will know. And he's looked. He started to cry. And I thought, we're both human beings. We're both child children of God. And I reached out and I hugged him my co-workers looked at me, Johnson, you know what, Johnson, John, said, God is with me. God is with me. And he started to cry. I said, it's going to be all right, young man. My co-workers looking at me with utter disdain. And I walked him into his room, his cell. And I said, can you tell me why you did it? Sir, I, I was on meth, and I was smoking the meth, and I was wanting to take my, my girlfriend on a ride. And my uncle was... He was always telling me, no, I, I, I live with him because my mother couldn't, she, she couldn't deal with me and my uncle was, I said, was he good to you? <laughs> yeah, he was good to me. I said, so what happened? I asked him, could I use his car? He said, no, he needed the car and with the gas in it. He couldn't put enough gas in it, but he needed that amount of gas for work tomorrow. I said, so he supported you? Yeah. Did your mother pay him to support? No. Did your uncle love you? So when he told you no, what did you do? I got mad. I Went in the kitchen, got a knife. While he was sleeping, I stabbed him. 33 times. See, y'all, this thing is serious now. We are living in the end of time. And if we don't think it is, just read our text for the day. You will be hated for trying to do what's right. If you start to falter because you hate it and you give in to peer pressure, ask God for more strength. Ask him. He knows your needs before you ask. You ask him, and he will give it to you. But you cannot give up. Remember that. No matter how dark it may seem, morning will come. Morning will come. You cannot give up. I went through so much at that place. And my problems didn't come from the inmates. Mine was from Friendly Fire from my coworkers, from my supervisors. Isn't that how it's going to be in the end of time? It could be your family members, your best friends that do you in. God allows some of us to go through it now, so when we go through it then, we can help others who've never gone through it. But we got to help each other get to the kingdom. God has laid out the plan, and he's made heaven cheap enough. It's cheap enough to get there. Jesus did all the work when he was on the cross he did it for you and me all we got to do is accept that gift that gift because he loved us with his own life the father said this is my son take him use my son as that sacrifice and God in his omniscience, he knew that many of us wouldn't accept that gift but he sent his son in love anyway and Christ At Gethsemane, humanity stood in front of divinity. Divinity was always there. Don't get it wrong. But humanity stood in front. And being human, he felt all the pain. He was afraid because with us, if if we're going to die, we know that one day we will die. But we don't know how, praise God. But he knew how. The prophets had prophesied throughout the Bible how it was going to happen. And Jesus, being all God and all man, all divine and all human, he was there in the garden asking his disciples to watch, to be moral support, while the weight of the world past, present, and future was on his shoulders. And humanity stepped in front and he said, "I, I can't do it. I cannot do it. Imagine if he didn't. We wouldn't be here today. But because of his love for you and his love for me, he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine will be done. And he died for you and me. Ladies and gentlemen, on this Mother's Day, and we thank the mothers, for showing the love. I thank my mother and my great-grandmother and my aunt for teaching me, whooping my butt when I needed it. Right before I'd I'd go get the belt, turn, get that Bible, boy. And (laughs) I'd turn to Ephesians 6, 1 through 3. Read it, boy. And in my trembling hands, wondering how she was going to do it. How was it going to be in the face? Was she going to blindside me from the back? And then she had the extension cord in her hand, like a sword. Come on now, what are you saying? Like a sword. Come on, can I get an amen this morning? All right. Or or it depends on see, I, when her was extension cord, my great grandmother going outside and get a switch boy. And if it is small, I'm gonna give you a double boy. So I had to go and get a switch. So it depends on who I was with. You know what I'm saying? Great grandmother or my mother or my aunt, extension cord or 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 switch. And it was sort of like, you know, when Uriah, David gave Uriah the death decree and his own death decree and took it to Joah. I was out there getting a switch that I knew was going to hurt me. And if I had a small one, I'd come back, this is the only one I can find. So, uh-huh. well, I'm going to give you five more. Okay, let me look again. Can I look again? Can I look again? <laughs> and before she was to lay down the law, read that, boy because they wanted me to understand why they had to do it. I love you. And if I love you, I'm going to discipline you because this is what Jesus does to us. And if he loves us, he disciplines those whom he loves. So David, I got to do it. Read it, boy. Children, obey your parents in the Lord for this. Read it, boy, But this is right. Honor thy father and thy
1: mother that thy days may be long the book, boy. (laughs) Oh, 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 whoa, whoa.
0: And after the execution, after the whipping was over, (laughs) I'd run to the room saying all kind of filth and florin under my lips, and you young people know, I can't. (laughs) make me read the Bible. And then after I've calmed down, And I was able to sit down. Come on now, what are you (laughs) saying? They would come in. David, we did it because we love you. Now give me a hug. And then when I hugged them, I was able to understand what they were doing. And I didn't hate them because I knew I was wrong. And she showed me in the scriptures. And I saw that they were only doing it because God told them to do it, and if they didn't do it, God would get them. And as an officer, m- sometimes me and the inmates didn't get along. Sometimes they didn't like me, not because I did dirty things, because I was fair. And sometimes when they did wrong, I had to get up in their face. And at the end, I would go, always go just how I was taught, and I did it with my kids. I'd open up the cell, they'd be, <laughs> can I talk to you, man? i know you hate me right now but i don't hate you i love you brother i love you like the lord loves me and that was not personal you cannot act that way i said i did it hopefully it'll make a difference in your life one day i said so everything is cool and you can come out and join us when you get ready but everything is cool man and i love you brother and he looked at me he, he telling me he loved me only man i know that come around was. Men that came over to the crack house to beat up my mother. And I ain't never known my father. And this man telling me he loved me. What kind of man is this? I get that. And then later on, he'll come on. Mr. Johnson, say, yeah. You come here. I'll say, yeah. Can i hug you. All right. The hardened, most hardened gang members. And I would be out. One time I was out with my two sons. And we were at Chili's Restaurant. And uh, we were walking out, and we were talking about how great the food was. And I said, oh, I tell you, boys, that food was so good, I'm going to tell your children about it. Oh, Dad, stop. I said, oh, man, that was some good food, man. I tell you, I'm going to dream about that. So as we're walking out to the car, all of a sudden, a car comes behind me. <laughs> and it's, it's kind of dark outside, and the lights were beamed on. I said, what? <laughs> so my, so my, 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 my spider sense kind of started going, you know what I'm saying? And I said, oh, something's wrong. Boys, go to the car. Go to the car. Go to the car! So they went to the car. I said, all right, Lord, please be with me. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want lie down in the So then they, and I thought, who is that? Am I going to die today? I said, I ain't do nobody dirty. I know many officers did people dirty, and they still living. I ain't do <laughs> Then I said, so as i started to shake a little bit and i was still saying lord i'm supposed to say Lord's my shepherd i'm not supposed to shake what's going on here i'm still shaking all of a sudden the lights went out and i thought get ready to shoot me And i said well i've been good to people and then all of a sudden mr johnson i said praise god i really appreciate that lord i really appreciate that <laughs> really appreciate that i don't know who it is but lord it seemed like they nice seemed like they in a good mood mr johnson it's rodriguez i said I didn't remember. I said, all right, Rodriguez, all right, (laughs) who are you? Thank God you ain't gonna shoot me. Who are you? You remember me? And I said, no. And he said, well, well." and I told my sons, and they were looking down like this, like there was gonna be gunfire, and they're trying to, you know. So I said, come on, come on. Okay, so they came out, and I said, yeah, all right. Dad's all right, Dad's cool. I had to handle this, son. I had to really handle this, because that's how it (laughs) goes sometimes. (laughs) So he looked at me, and he said, Mr. Johnson Rodriguez, you were on my unit three years ago. I I was getting ready to serve time 25 with an L for being an accomplice to that murder. And I told you I wasn't around there, Mr. Johnson, but I had been locked up so many times, the judge said if he saw me one more time, he gonna throw the book at me. And I was gonna be tried like an adult. And you were working overtime on my unit that day. And I saw you playing with that Rubik's Cube and you were trying to teach people how to solve that Rubik's Cube. And then you, I was over there shaking like that, and you came over to me. And, man, you you prayed with me. And I said, and I thought, I, I don't remember that. So as he's talking, because I, I did it so many times, praise be to God, that I didn't remember. So then as he, but he did, so that's what mattered. And he said, Mr. Johnson, you told me that God's power is so strong that he could change the judge's mind. That that, that 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 judge don't have no power over God, and if God wants me out, then, then, and he started to say, then, then, th- ain't nothing, the gates of hell can't even stand if God says yes, and I said, yeah, I said that, and he said, yeah, and then you told me to be prayed up, and you even laughed and said, God is so good that he may even make the judge have a good night the night before, and then, <laughs> when you walk in the court, he may just be in a good mood remember you said that i said <laughs> it sounded like something i'd say i still didn't remember so then i said well what happened and as i looked he had a beautiful lady in the car and two kids and i thought i said well what happened mr johnson you prayed with me you told me some bible stories about faith and you remember that mustard seed stuff you were telling me i said yeah well miss johnson the next day Told take, you told me me make sure my hair was looking nice, make sure I said yes sir, no sir, and, and, and look him in the eye, and then just, just, you just told me to keep praying. Well I went, and the judge, when we walked in, the judge was laughing with the attorneys and the court reporters and stuff, and I said, that Mr. Johnson must be right, because the judge is in a good mood. <laughs> so all of a sudden, Mr. Johnson, he looked at me, and he said, yes, yes, right, right, okay, who's next? All right oh, it's you again, instead of saying, I told you, he's, oh, it's you again, all right, and then somebody whispered to him, he's, (laughs) all right, looks like we got some evidence in, new evidence, Uh, you know what, look, I told you if you come in again, I was going to throw the book at you, but the evidence is, uh, and you've been in it, but you know what, you caught me on a good day, young man, if I ever see you again after this, that is it, but the evidence is enough that I'm going to say, okay, okay, but I don't want you up in here again. Plus, I got to go on a vacation anyway. So let's, let's, let's adjourn it. And Mr. Johnson, he let me go. He let me go. And remember, I promised. I said, Mr. Johnson, if that ever happened, I'm going to go to church, and I'm going I'm to stay out of trouble, and I'm going to do the right thing. And you said, well, you tell that to God. Well, Mr. Johnson, I got to keep my promise. And I said, what happened? So, as he's talking, I noticed my eyes starting to water, and I said, I didn't want my kids to see it. I said, Man, it looks like it's raining. It's about to rain. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, Dad. I said, Son. <laughs> so then all of a sudden, he said, uh, Mr. Johnson, when I got released, and he started crying, I got released, and I said, I don't know where that man is that told me about the love of God, that man that told me about the Bible stories, that man that prayed with me, but God, please be with him and i kept my promise i joined the church and then god blessed me with a job uh, cleaning up picking up after the construction workers so every day i'd walk in and i see this beautiful lady on the phone she was a secretary and you know mr Johns, i got the game you know what i'm saying i said uh. he said i walked in there hey, hey lady how you doing and then he said one day she was crying i said hey baby don't be crying like that you know i, I can be there for you get out of here he said So he said, every day, remember you told me chopping a tree long enough, the tree will fall? I said, I told you that. I said, man, man, I just was doing it, wasn't I? I told you that. He said, so every day I go in there talking. How you doing, lady? How you doing? So one day she opened up and told me her problems. And then I said, well, you know, a man told me I had some problems, too. and He told me to pray to God and take it to the Lord. She never prayed before. I held her hand, we started praying. And I said, and what happened? She my wife now. I said, (laughs) And I, then my tears came, and I didn't try to hold them back. I said, praise God. My thing was, if you can save one, if you can save one, then it's all worth it, isn't it? God is good. But we have to be obedient. We got to let them see Christ in us that want to go to us to say, what makes you so happy? Why do you act this way? Has anybody done that to you? If they haven't, you better be on your game. You better be on your game. Turn with me to Matthew, the 25th chapter. As we're about to close, Matthew, the 25th chapter. And we are going to look at verse 31. Matthew, the 25th chapter. Verse 31. If you have it, say amen. And I want, as I read this, I want you to see which side you're going to be on. And if you feel you're on the wrong side, you, God has given you life. He's given you time to get on the right side. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another, as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats and he will set the sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And this is what's important for I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and ye clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and ye came to me. Then the righteous, because they made this a habit, <laughs> the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you? Ha, <laughs> When did we see you hungry and feed you and, and uh, I lost my place, lost my place, what? what? 37, okay, okay, yes. Or uh, uh, thirsty and give you drink, 38. When did we see you a stranger and take you in? Or naked and clothe you? Or when did we see you sick or in prison and come to you? And this is what I want him to say to me on that day. And the king will answer and say to them, Assuredly, I say to you, Inasmuch as ye did it to one of the least of these, My brethren, ye did it unto me. Then he will also say to those on the left hand, Depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, Prepared for the devil and his angels, For I was hungry, and ye gave me no food. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye did not take me in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they also will answer him, saying, "Lord, when, well, when did we see you hungry or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you?" Then he will answer them, saying, "Assuredly." I say to you, inasmuch as ye as did it not to one of the least of these, you did not do it unto me. And these will go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into everlasting life. And as I close, my subject was where is love? Love can be found within you. Then when you have it, you spread it. You give it to somebody else. For love isn't love until you've given it away. Love is not love until you've given it away. If you hold it, then love is selfish. Then it ceases to be love. And as I close, I want to close with the song that best typifies this sermon, Where is Love? Jesus is love. We have love in us. But it won't really be considered love until we give it away. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, about this word love. As I close, you use this as a barometer to see are you loving the right way? Are you being loved the right way? Listen to the words.
1: of men and of angels but have not love I am only a resounding on the kind symbol And if I have a gift of prophecy and can fathom all open. patient. love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self seeking, for it is not easily angered, it keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight it. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. For when I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. be the
0: glory. Happy Mother's Day.